The young do not know enough to be prudent, and therefore they attempt the impossible and achieve it generation after generation. That is a quote by Pearl S. Buck. Welcome to Trina Talk. Trina Talk is a weekly podcast that will inspire and empower women of all ages to strive for the impossible. Your host, Trina L. Martin from TrinaMartin.com is a motivational speaker, leader, and cybertech expert. Every week, Trina will share wisdom gained from her life experiences and lessons learned while pursuing her goals to inspire you to achieve the next level in your life. Now, your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello, welcome to Trina Talk. I am your host, Trina L. Martin, and this is episode 17. The topic of this week's episode is creating generational success. And my guest this week is Tamara Zantel. Tamara is a CEO of Raising a Mogul. She's the mother of five, and all five of her children are moguls in their own right. She considers herself the mommy-ger, and she's the host of Raising a Mogul TV and podcast. My conversation with Tamara was astounding. So without further ado, I want you to sit back and listen to the interview with Tamara Zantel. Hi, Tamara. Welcome to Trina Talk. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here with me today. So you are the founder of Raising a Mogul. So tell the listeners what Raising a Mogul is. So Raising a Mogul is a, um, a platform. We are the number one parent manager platform on the planet, I love to say, and it excites me so much to do so. <laughs> so we work with parents, giving them the confidence, the knowledge, and the tools that they need uh, to help them raise young moguls, thought leaders, biz kids, and world ch- the next level of uh, world changers. So we have an online community on Facebook. We, have, um, we do coaching and consulting and brand management. We do a vast array of, we offer a vast array of uh, products and services to parents that are raising young superstars. Okay, great. Well, you know, here at Trina Talk, we're about inspiring and motivating women. Now, we do have some men listeners, but the the target audience here are women. So tell me how with your raising a mogul, your, your company, how do you go about inspiring the parents of those children that are in the, the, the business sector? Absolutely. So first of all, I just want to say that that is absolutely so critical because we all can attest to the fact that who we are and what we learn, we pass down because what, you know, we've been passed down things that we got from our parents. So I'm a strong believer in, um, you know, uh, being your whole and your best self first before you can, um, you know, I would love to say before you're a parent, but it doesn't always happen that way because <laughs> some of us are still working on that. We're all evolving and changing. However, I love, um, you know, working with parents and helping them really gain the confidence that they need 
to do something different with their children, to step away from the status quo, and and also challenge the idea that you know um, everything that our children are supposed to learn or be that they'll they'll develop or learn that or experience that outside of the house or at school you know, from eight to four or at the after school program or when they get to college or high school, you know, just kind of giving them the push they need and the, the, um, the access to the information they need so that they can start now today with your two-year-old, your one-year-old, just giving them the tools, you know, and the, you know, exposing them to opportunities and playing with them different, just all these different things that you can do right from the beginning as a parent so that you can set your child up for huge success. Oh, wow. So if you don't mind, share with us just some of those tools that you use to help the parents. Absolutely. So obviously it will be a little, depending on the age of the child. So for example, if your child is, let's say six to eight years old and you know, they're, they're getting a feel for, this is the age where usually you start to enroll your children into swim lessons or You're trying to discover what their passion is, you know, and I think that actually is a little bit too late. So that's one of the things that I, you know, I spend a lot of time talking to parents is like, once we start to see our children develop their personality and we start to realize, oh, she could be a singer or he could be a, you know, he could throw a great ball or he might be able to do golf or he can play the piano. Amazing. It's probably that's a little bit late once they start to reveal it to us all the time, you know, like it becomes obvious. But we really need to start looking earlier, um, you know, one, two, three years old. Our kids are kind of te- are starting to tell us what their passions are and what who they're going to be. They're picking up on their environment. So some of those tools are really just sitting down with your children and paying attention to them while they play, um, asking them questions. How do they feel about, you know, uh, jumping or running? How do they feel about music? Uh, how do they feel about learning their numbers or learning about science? Just really leaning in to whatever our children are doing on a daily basis and what's happening in their environment so that we can start to identify where their gifts and talents lie. Okay. So it all starts with really just paying attention and starting the conversation. And those conversations, I have a three-year-old grandchild and she and I talk about what she likes, what she doesn't like, you know, what she you know, what she wants for breakfast, what she wants, you know, to go get when we go to the store, what kind of food she likes. Early on already, I'm starting to understand who she's going to be and, and who she's capable of being. Mm-hmm. So if I'm understanding you correctly, I don't necessarily have to have a child that is going to be in the public eye with their talent to come to you. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. No. Okay. No. So we don't only talk to, so a lot of uh, the work that I do is not only with uh, parents that are actually end up being managers, meaning when we think about that, we think the parents of the actors or the kids that model or the kids that are running successful businesses or, you know, that are starting newspapers or nonprofits. Also just parents just try to manage the idea of being a parent, (laughs) how to manage the household manage, you know, how to become the CEO of their household so that they can get a schedule and make sure that they're exposing their kids to amazing opportunity, being an advocate for your child in school and, you know, on the playground and where, you know, at church, wherever your your family is spending its time. And and at the same time, managing everyone's schedule and also managing ourselves. You know, that's one of the things that we, a lot of 
moms, women, we forget about is we take care of everybody else and we forget about ourselves. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> I, I've experienced that as well with my children when they were younger. So I have to ask you, what made you decide to do this? And what is your background? Is Were you in private sector? What are you formally trained to do? Or has this always been a passion of yours? Okay. So my background is um, I was a practice management consultant for over 15 years. I worked in, uh, with specialists, uh, medical doctors or specialist specialties like chiropractors or physical therapists. They graduate from school. They didn't know how to set up a business. So that's what they would come to me for. So I, I, I taught um, specialists how to run practices. And I also did similar consulting with restaurants. Uh, but my background, I'm trained, formally trained as a mortuary scientist, actually. Wow. So <laughs> I know <laughs> nothing to do with it. But, you know, as many of us do, I, I, you know, I graduated from school as a mortuary scientist. I actually was working in, um, in the funeral industry. My goal was to actually buy a funeral home and own funeral homes across the country. In the meantime, I got married and started having children. So it just turns out I needed a job. So I took a job at, at a medical practice. And two years later, I was running that practice and four others. So I, I went with the flow. Um, yep. So I retired from doing that, my practice management consultant in 2000, um, October 2017. And I retired so that I can work for my then uh, 16-year-old daughter. Zandra and raising a mogul to answer your question came about because of my need and my desperation to connect with other parents that had children similar to mine. Not only did I want to meet other moms um, that had similar issues or, you know, had a, a child that was, you know, traveling all over the country speaking and that wanted to make money and that had these amazing goals and this strong ambition. But I also wanted her to meet other young people that were like minded with her as well. And I couldn't find it. You know, I struggled to um, get next to other parents that were doing what I was doing. And, 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 and the only way I was really able to see that play out was you, we see kid act, children's actors, you know, kid actors on TV or you see a, a couple, you know, as you flip through a magazine. But all those parents that I approached they were either too busy or they just weren't willing to kind of, you know, mentor me through the process. So I spent eight years fumbling my way through it. <laughs> and I, I remember talking to Zandra, it was about 2013, 2012, 2013. And I said to her, I said, if I ever get to the point, if we ever get to the point where your business is large enough, where people actually care enough to ask me how, and I actually, you know, and I, and I, I can stand behind you and say, I helped her do this. I'm going to create a platform for other parents like me so that nobody has to struggle the way I, the way I am, because it was, it was rough because I, I just had to figure it out. There was no manual, you know, parenting, there's no manual anyways, but there was definitely no class I could take. There was no group, no support group, no online pro program. I couldn't even, you couldn't even Google it, you know? So I, I just told myself, I said, if I ever get to the point where people will listen, I'm going to create this platform. And, and that's exactly what I did. As soon as I transitioned out of corporate and I started working for Xander full time, I launched Raising a Mogul and I haven't looked back. Wow. And that's usually how things come about when you've done something and you've struggled and you say, 
I want to help someone and pay it forward. So that's usually how we fulfill those needs, right? Absolutely. So what does your daughter, Zandra, do? So Zandra is the CEO of Zandra. It's a plant-based skincare company. And it's a social good company that um, educates and empowers girls and women across the globe. We have a huge educational initiative. She's a girls education advocate. She's also an author and she's an international speaker and a philanthropist. So her company started right here in my kitchen, uh, transitioned from our kitchen to our sunroom to a small uh, maker space to now we, we run a full-blown manufacturing um, and fulfillment center. She uh, just recently turned 18 and she's one of the youngest millionaires in America. Wow. So basically you took your business sense to while you were in corporate America and then you took that business sense and used it to build a company to help your daughter and to help other parents. Now, your daughter, now you did this out of the need because your daughter was on the path that she was on. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. If she didn't express the interest in being an entrepreneur, she could have been any, I would have supported her in whatever it is that she wanted to do. If she wanted to grow pumpkins, we would have done that really, really well. (laughs) Okay. So basically raising a mogul was birthed out of your daughter's need for your guidance and helping her get herself established. Absolutely. Absolutely. And my desire to connect with other people doing what I was doing. You know, this being an entrepreneur is hard enough. Being a parent is hard enough. But you know what? We can join entrepreneur groups or support groups or women's, um, you know, business groups in our local community or even online. There's tons of them. And even parent groups. There's, you know, homeschooling groups and first baby group, what to expect when expecting groups. But there's no, how do you do them both? How do you put them both together? How do you be your child's employee? Mm. How do you how do you transition from parent to manager to staff to assistant all in one day? You know, how do you tell your 13 year old that, you know, is the CEO of your company? No, you cannot have ice cream and I'm taking your cell phone. You know, <laughs> like, like, what does that look like in the dynamics of a household? So it, it, I just had to figure it out. And, and I and I just I'm determined to help other parents jump over all the, 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 the crazy and the, um, the difficulties that I had to endure. Is it easy? Is it going to be completely smooth sailing for them? No. But can they do what I did in eight years? Can they do it in two? Absolutely. I believe that. That's amazing. Now, where did Xander get the entrepreneur spirit from? Is that something she was always born with? It was it something you instilled in her? How did that come about? So. It, it ended up being skincare because she was obsessed with, um, really, it started with makeup. She was obsessed with makeup. She, you know, she was a very girly girl, which was really exciting for me because I was a tomboy when I was little. So I was like, oh, I have a kid that wants to wear a dress. Okay. It was, it was great. And I, I loved when, to, you know, to dress her up and everything and to help her with that. So that was something that we shared. But at nine years old, eight, nine, no, you're not wearing makeup. So it was shiny lip gloss and Vaseline. That mm-hmm. was the only thing that she had access to, <laughs> mm-hmm. to pretend, you know, the whole makeup thing. And so she would melt crayons and 
this, you know, you, I'd let her get on YouTube on the tablet and she'd watch makeup videos. And then she started this whole thing of making lip gloss. So she spent, I watched her, I paid attention to her. I watched her movement and I, and I realized that this is something she was really passionate about. When I look back in the YouTube history and I, you know, you can put a lock on it so they can only look at certain things. It was all about lip gloss and lipstick and all these different things that she wanted to make. So finally, um, she brought to me the idea that she wanted to order a kit offline. We ordered the kit and I'm thinking, great, this is a great mommy daughter weekend. We could do this on a Sunday afternoon. She made the lip balm, took it to, um, my father's a pastor, took it to church. Uh, a lady gave her a dollar for the, one of the lip balms. And then that day on the way home from church, she was like, I did not know I could make money doing this. She was like, this is what I want to do. She's like, I want to make money. She's like, I want to make lip balm and I want to make money. I was like, okay, bet. Let's do it. Wow. So that's what started it. Um, But it, but it wasn't until I real, you know, months into it, did we uh, start to order like raw ingredients, and then we started to take over the kitchen, and and it turned quickly from a hobby into we need a logo. What are we going to call this thing? You know, and then it, I just watched her. And as she continued to to stay up at night and try to perfect her, her recipe, and then she decided she wanted to learn how to make soap. And then she wanted to learn how to make sugar scrubs. And then she was making whipped body butters. So it just grew and it grew and it grew. And we just, and as, as every level she climbed to, I was right there to support her. And I just, my, I took it as my responsibility to continue to continue to open doors for her along the way. So, so I could set her up for the success that I knew she deserved and that she continued to write down for me on her vision board that she, that she was going to accomplish. Absolutely. Now you have other children, correct? I do. We, I have five total. Okay. Now are any of them into the entrepreneurial spirit or acting or any special talents like that? So I have three boys and uh, two girls. So my daughter, my oldest daughter, uh, Mercedes, she is uh, 25 years old. And she and Xandra are actually building a company now together. So yes, she has the entrepreneurial bug. And she is very into uh, fashion. And, you know, they're working on a lip gloss line and the clothing line. So yes, the two of them together are amazing. My boys are... Um, my two older boys are athletes, so they're both actually um, training for the combine as we speak. Both of them are, are college seniors. And then my youngest son is 17, and he is a two-time author, and he's getting ready, preparing, without mommy's guidance, I actually got him someone else to work with because he wants to do a different thing. He's like, I don't want to be like Xandra. I'm doing something different. I'm like, okay, fine. So I got him someone that he can work with him separate, and he's starting a jewelry business. Wow. So you have a house full of moguls. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And I, and sometimes it surprises me that everybody took the turns, the twists and turns that they did, they ended up where they ended up, you know, it's like, right. but I, I really was committed to exposing them to as many things as possible. Uh, so that way they could choose, you know, and, and, and I was always, my biggest fear was they would feel locked into doing something that only I wanted them to do. You know, it's almost like if you only feed your kids bees and franks or, you know, string beans and, you know, broccoli or whatever. It's like, they don't know anything about okra. They don't know about spinach. They won't know about asparagus because you don't bring it home. So I felt like it was important to me to, you know, my son, that's uh, my son, James, he's, he's uh, 21 years old. He's in Virginia now at a combine training. 
I had him in tap dance. He did ballet. He did gymnastics. He did baseball. He did soccer. I had no idea that football would be it. Mm. You know, he's a great student as well, but I had no idea that the physical thing he chose to do and that his passion would be football. But I, I enrolled him in all these different things over the years, hoping that something would grab his heart, you know? So I, I think sometimes we, as parents, it's like, oh, these kids want to do all this stuff. And it's like, well, that's kind of what it's supposed to be like. You know, this, we're supposed to be free enough and, and have the opportunity and have someone support us in all these different things, even if it's just for a little while, you know, so that we, you can find out what you're really good at. If you don't take the art class, how do you, if you don't sit them in front of the painting, the, the paint and the pencils, how do we know that they're going to be a brilliant artist? How do we know that they're, they're really great with coding if we never put them in front of the computer? You know, so I just think as parents, we have to be aware of those things and think about the things that we wished they would have done for us mm. and make it happen for your child. Oh, wow. That is, that's profound right there because that is so important when you're raising the next generation. Absolutely. So do you have any other ventures that you're doing besides the raising um, a mogul? Well, Raising a Mogul has so many different um, facets to it. So we have the Raising a Mogul podcast. We have the Ram Brand Management and Consulting Firm. Um, I also, um, we're working on the Raising a Mogul Manual, which is a book collab pro collaboration project with other uh, parent managers. We're committed to writing the world's first parent manager manual, which is really exciting. Um, and besides that, I, I work for Xandra. So I still run, I'm the COO of my daughter's company, mm -hmm. uh, Zandra. We have staff, but I run, I manage all the operations because in 2018, when she turned 18, she transitioned out of the day-to-day -day operations so that she could do more things like start another company with her sister. And she she's a speaker and she does, uh, facilitates trainings all over the country. So she, I needed, I wanted her to be able to walk away from something she's been doing for eight years and explore the world in a different way. So in order for her to do that, I stayed on as the COO so I could, you know, train the staff, manage the SOPs and make sure everything stays functioning until I hire someone to take my my place. But uh, we just transitioned into over 700 Target stores. So I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. Wow. <laughs> and what's the name of her brand again? Zandra. Z-A-N-D-R-A. Okay. And you can find it on all social media at Zandra Beauty. Okay. I have to look that up because I have a daughter, a teenage daughter, and she's into the girly girl stuff now too, the the makeup and the body washes and the soaps. And so yeah. she, she's into all of that. So, wow. I mean, this has been really interesting. I mean, the fact that, because are you a single parent? Did I read that correctly? I at one point was, okay. but I'm actually, this is interesting. You're going to like this one. <laughs> I'm actually engaged to my ex-husband now. So. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> okay, you heard it here first, folks. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's different. <laughs> it is, I told you. <laughs> that's different. All righty then. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I don't think I would want to marry my ex again, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's different. But no, I mean the fact that you have five children, they are all doing phenomenally well. And I mean, it just was a matter of you, do, like you said, doing what you did. You just observed, you listened, and 
you put them in things so that they could experience and feel out what they wanted to do in life. So many parents don't do that. I, I know growing up, there was a plenty of things that I wanted to do, but my mother never took the time to listen or to put me into those things. So now I look back and I go, well, I don't know. Maybe I could have done this. Maybe I could have done that. But, you know, it's too late now. So I think that is very important for your child's development. And maybe they don't all turn into moguls, but at least you can say you've exposed them to several things. Absolutely. And the idea of them turning into a mogul can look differently and different, you know, will look differently for every, everyone. Right. You know, um, so even if they're just, you know, they graduate from high school, they do well. And whether they're, you say, okay, for our family, them getting into a good college or going to school and, you know, not having to, it costs us everything we own. That's fine. You know, but what can you instill in your child during this process? So when they do get to school, they can lead a club. They can identify what their gift is there and decide they want to be the next, you know, you know, take the photography class or go ahead and take the debate class and go into politics. It's all about teaching our kids to do more, you know, and to to take on positions of leadership and really work towards being productive, you know, leading thought leaders in our society. You know, so it's, it's we're going beyond the idea of just being the kid in the class, like status quo. It's okay as long I went, I showed up. Mm-hmm. No, we're looking for dynamic. You know, we want, you know, you to be noticed. We want exceptional. So we need to raise the bar in regards to our expectations when it comes to our children. But first, when it comes to ourselves and our parenting style, because I feel like we as parents have high expectations for our children. We expect the best. But if we're not demonstrating the best and if we're not setting them up for the best, how can you expect the best? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like um, in a, a lot of our parenting styles, it's not our fault. It's really not your fault if you didn't expose your children to a lot or if our parents had exposed us to as much or they could have put us in a free community art class or a free community dance class, but they just were so busy working and trying to survive, mm-hmm. many of them, mm-hmm. you know? So I, you know, wanted to do, but I'm like, my mom busy you know, trying to hold it all together. <laughs> you know, it's like there were four of us. So I remember her going to school full time and then working full time and being so tired that I was cooking dinner and my brothers were, you know, and I was babysitting and doing other things to make extra money to, to support the household. So it looks different for everyone. But if we didn't get what we needed, we need to identify, first say it's not their fault and then be okay with I sitting down and thinking, well, what is it that I wish they had done for me? You know, so that then we could identify those things in our in our life that didn't go so great and make sure our our children have a different experience. A lot of us come from the school of thought where kids are meant to be seen and not heard. Our opinions didn't matter. Don't talk back. Sit down. Shut up. You know, nowadays it's like, no, honey, you're four years old. What do you feel? What do you have to say? You know, so it's really just can be that easy opening up our minds and our hearts to the idea that these little people have something to say and have a lot to share. Wow. So true. I I, I totally agree. And and I tried to do that with my children because I am from that school of, you you know, you're, you know, seeing that herd and go on and sit down. And as my kids were little and growing up, I tried to let them know that they matter. They have, Mm -hmm opinions and they have thoughts and long as they're expressed respectfully 
I'll always hear, even now as teenagers, if they don't agree with something I have, okay, well, tell me why. Tell me why you don't agree. What's your thought process? And I think that as parents, we need to encourage our kids to be able to think and do things like that. Absolutely. I love it. And that's where they learn it. They learn it at home with us. They they learn um, healthy, how to have a healthy debate, how to disagree in a respectful way, how to stand up for themselves. They learn that with us. But if we're, they're so afraid to open their mouth around us, or they're afraid they're going to get smacked in the grocery store for talking out of turn or whatever, how, whatever, however that looks, they're not going to stand up for themselves in the class of, you know, 25 kids. They can't be the, the front leader. Then they're going to be afraid to raise their hand because they're afraid of being wrong. You know, so there's all kinds of feelings that come along with being shut down early. So if we allow them, like you said, what you do with your kids to be free thinkers and to teach them, because they're not going to know automatically how to communicate in the best way, according to our expectations, unless we teach them, you know, so, you know, a lot of it is just us learning, us being able to identify what we didn't like and be okay with assessing how we want to do it different with our own kids. And then identify what we loved about our childhood and our parents and our aunties and our uncles and the people that were mentoring us and, and, and make sure that we duplicate those things instead of just duplicating everything that was done just because it's just what we always did. You know, it's time to break the cycle and do things a little bit differently. And, and if we want different result, results, we have to do things differently. So what would you tell the woman that is listening that may be one of those women who wants to do something differently and maybe she's that single mother. She doesn't have a lot of money to go around. Maybe she has more than one or two children. And like you said, she's working to make the ends meet and doing other things to just keep them going. But she would like to expose her children, but she doesn't know how, what advice would you give? I would tell her to pay attention so not only paying attention to your children and what their heart sing, what makes their heart sing and uh, what their passions are, but also pay attention to what's going on in your environment, your household, and outside your household. And here's what I mean by that. It's, our children will tell us what direction they're going in. We need to sit and talk with them at dinner time. And if we're in a hurry, we talk to them instead of listening to our favorite song in the car, we, we, t- we have conversation in the car on the way to and fro and on our Uber rides, you know, most moms feel like an Uber. Um, we make those meaningful conversations. If they, if they come and they say, mom, guess what happened today at school? You turned on the radio and you have that conversation. Use that as an opportunity to learn them and edu- learn your child and also educate them or be educated. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, what happens in the environment in your household is very important in regards to like we were just talking about, the opportunity for them to speak freely and for us to kind of negotiate or have a good conversation about what's right, what's wrong, and why you should feel this way. No more because I said so. Why? How does that make you feel? So that they can learn how to have healthy relationships and conversations outside the home. And then what I mean by paying attention to what's happening outside the house and the community is because it's our job to expose our children. And whether no matter what your budget looks like, I guarantee you, your community has something that you can tap into that costs you nothing. Either it's a church, a community center, a youth group, um, you know, some other organization. Google is your friend. I would Google anything and everything. You might have to drive 30 minutes to get to it, maybe even an hour once a week. 
but it will worth it. It'll be totally worth it. And it can change the whole dynamic of your, your household, your family, and your child's mind. So if your child isn't, wants to be an artist or you're just not even sure. I remember the first thing I put my kids into, they, the YMCA had a, um, a free like summer mini camp. And if you wanted to you know, continue, you'd have to pay. But for the first two weeks, it was free. And they, it, it was a summer camp, a sports camp. And it was baseball, soccer, football, and basketball. I put all three at the time I had three. I put all three of them in there. So I had a, a girl and two boys and I had no idea which thing they were going to, I said, but well, I don't know what they want to play, but this is a great opportunity for me to get five, four sports for, for free. And if I wanted to pay, it was like, you know, $25 a weekend or something like that. But I think anything like that is a great way for you to see how they perform. Make sure that you're putting them in a position where they have to practice what you preach at home, you know, and you're, you're, you're pushing them in line with whatever their passion or their gifts or their talents are that you've discovered at home. You say, you know, okay, let's find out about the free art class. So let's go ahead and put you in dance and then we'll see how you do before we go ahead and invest. Or let's pay $10 for the one class and let's see if you still love it after standing on your toes for 30 minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So just really, let's just pay attention. You know, get into some networking groups, some free other community things that you can get into and bring your kids along. I brought Zandra everywhere. And because they didn't have things for kids at the t- in 2009, 2010, she went wherever I went. If I joined the networking group, she came. If I went to a dinner meeting, she came. So she can learn how to sit at the table, learn how to place her napkin in her lap, and learn how to have healthy conversation with other women. And even if she talked all day about what she learned in school today, at least she was no, by the time she was 13 or 14, she could work a room. As long as we made eye contact, I never had to worry about what was happening. Wow. That is such good advice. Such good. And it, and it leads to skills as an adult that you need just to navigate life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it doesn't cost anything. All this is, is our time. And we have the time. I know it's so hard. I know what it's like to be a single mom and be running around and try to figure out how I'm going to do it all. But that's why the car ride is important. That's why while you're cooking dinner, I know you might want to be on the phone with your girlfriend. You know what? You need all the kids to sit at the table while you're cooking so we can, you can hear everybody has a turn, you know, whatever, whatever moment you have, even if it's that, you know, 30 minutes when everybody's time for everybody to get in the bed, let's, you know, give everybody a, a couple minutes to talk about what they feel. Well, how did that make you feel? Well, what do you think about that? Oh, guess what happened to me today, guys? I got so angry today. Someone cut me off in traffic. They need to hear it. They need to know that you're human. You have good days and you have bad days. So that way, when they have good days and bad days, we're, we're comfortable with sharing these things with each other. And that's how they'll develop how to be who they're going to be and also how to function actually in society. You know, like I said before, we want our kids to be amazing, but we're not actually giving them the steps and setting up the systems for them to actually do so. Wow. So, I mean, this conversation, I could go on forever with you with this because I think that's where today's society is kind of lacking. A lot of parents are not investing that time in their children. They're just letting them go free. And I think that's why we have the bullying and some of the other things that we have because the kids are bored. They don't know what to do with themselves. But if they had someone at home that made them feel like they mattered where they could talk and say, I like this, or this is how I'm feeling, just as you were saying, I think that would 
deter a lot of the destructive things that the youth are getting into today? I couldn't agree more. I absolutely agree. I think the acting out, um, a lot of the things that we see happening today, it comes from the children not being stimulated, Mm -hmm. not being stimulated or not feeling understood or loved. And that's where it comes from. You think, how, how do we act as adults when we don't feel, when we're bored or when we feel like, um, you know, we're not being appreciated? You know, it, it makes you angry. You know, you make bad choices or bad decisions when you feel like you're being taken for granted or nobody understands me or these people just don't get me. It's the same thing. But guess what? It's the same thing in a little person that can't tell you that they're angry because you told them not to. <laughs> you know, you didn't instill it. You didn't give them the freedom to come to you and say, I don't like the way this makes me feel. So instead, they have to keep it to themselves and then go to school and we expect them to do, you know, do well. And then you have teachers there that are struggling through their issues because they have too many kids in a class. And then you have other kids that are struggling with their own issues. So it's just, it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. That's why it has to start at home. And we have to make sure our kids feel safe with us in their home and, with, and, and in their own bodies with themselves. They have to learn who they are whose they are, what they're capable of, you know, and what they're not capable of early from us. We need to be their first teachers. We need to make them feel that they can do anything they put their minds in. They can do it with our support. So if they have a crazy wild idea and they come home, it's like, it's not our job to shut them down. It's our idea to, it's our job to sit down with them and talk it through. Tell me this plan. How is it supposed to work? Ask the hard questions. You know, I just think a lot of that is missing because we as parents, many of us, we just feel like we're so overwhelmed. Like you said, the kids are allowed to go because they give up. It's like I give up. He's at school. I, I'm not even talking to him. Mm-hmm. He's doing whatever. You can't do that. You can't. We can't give up. We owe it to them to hold on tight as long as we can until we are sure that we've done all we can with the molding and the nurturing so that they can then we can release them to be productive. Uh, members of society, of society, productive. <laughs> wow. You know, totally agree. And I think you have really given the women listeners some food for thought and the ones that may have been struggling saying I'm a single working mother or I'm trying to do the best I can. And I just don't know what else to do. I, th- I think you have given some really some great advice on how they can expose their children and and chart out a different course for them than what they may have had. And that's all we all want for our children. We all want our children to be better than us and to have it better than us. Absolutely. I totally agree. So as we're winding down, usually what I do is I have a series of 10 questions that I usually ask my guests and they're just questions about you just to get to know a little bit more about you. Nothing that's invasive. So <laughs> you don't have to be paranoid about Uh-oh. it. It's, it's, it's harmless. <laughs> so are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What or who motivates you? My children motivate me. Hmm. My children, my children motivate me. They make, they, they're my why. They're my reason for it all. Okay. What demotivates you? Small-minded people. Mm. Okay. 
When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked for your good? Mm, okay. I would have to say, you said said or done? Mm-hmm. Uh, my son, after my first divorce, my son was not even one years old. And his, um, his father, my ex-husband, refused to engage with him after the divorce was done he divorces both basically mm. and that motivated me to be the absolute most amazing mom to my son that I possibly could within every single fiber of my being it just it just set me up in a way where I couldn't lose it was almost like game on <laughs> game on and I remember telling him one day I said you might not want to be a part of his life now but one day you're gonna have to pay, buy a ticket you have to pay to see him. You have to pay to see my son. One day it's going to happen. And that was over 20 years ago. And he's paid to see him twice already. <laughs> wow. not, not me, but to get into his football games and to get into his wrestling matches. He had to pay to get in. Hmm. Okay. What is your fear? That's When I leave, when I'm no longer available to my children or accessible or on this earth, that they will not be properly prepared hmm. to live the, a, a fruitful, meaningful, and successful, healthy life. That's my fear, that I didn't do everything I could to set them up for success. Okay. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't? Yes, but I don't remember them <laughs> <laughs> because usually when I wish I had done it, it worked out. It works out in my favor anyways. Okay. I believe that everything happens for a reason. So yes, there are times right after, but eventually I'm like, it's okay. Oh. Okay. Well, is there a time that you wish you had not done something? Yes. I think I've, you know, maybe cussed a few people out. I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> it would be an honest here, right? <laughs> so, no, no judgment here. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I think I've always been, a, 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 you know, quick with my tongue. And with my wit, you know, I am my father's child. So, yeah, it's a couple of times when I've, I've probably flew off the handle a little faster than I should have and wasn't as um, diplomatic and ladylike as I should have been. Okay. What is your definition of success? Mm. Wellness, wholeness, self-awareness. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's it. It's, a, it's individual. It's subjective. It's happiness. Mm -hmm. It's family, you know, it's, it's, it's a personal success is a personal thing. And it has nothing, in my opinion, has nothing to do with money or status, you know, other than the status of your well-being, your health, your well, you know, I look at wellness as a, as a whole person, the whole unit and, and what that means to you in regards to what your heart's desire is and how you feed that. Okay. How do you recharge? Mm. Food. 
I'm a foodie. Seriously. Like I'd rather eat than sleep. So my recharge is good conversation with my girlfriends or even my kids, like a dance party with food, like literally me and all my kids and my, you know, my kids are older now. So we can like at Christmas, we all in one room, having all my kids, all five kids in one room with my grandkids. I have two grandkids too. Um, and everybody just music playing and good food and my husband's cooking. That's that recharges my soul. My parents laughing, you know, like all my family in one room and there's food and maybe wine, red wine. Uh, that, that feeds my soul. Okay. What are you awesome at? I am awesome. I would have to say at being Mercedes, LJ, James, Josiah, and Xander's mommy. Hmm. Okay. What legacy do you want to leave? Hmm. That's a good one. So I would have to say the legacy I want to leave is one of uh, strength and the idea that Nothing is impossible. That if you work hard enough, you pray for it, you work for it, you can make it happen for yourself, for your family, your friends. You can just make it happen by any means necessary. Hmm. Okay. So as we're wrapping up, what is one motivational takeaway that you want to leave the listeners with? I would love for you all to understand that no, we don't have a manual. There's no manual for life. There's definitely no manual for parenting. However, it is possible and it's possible to do it well. It's possible to do life well. It's possible to do parenting well. It's possible to do it all well. We just have to be forgiving to ourselves, be okay with the fact that you know, sometimes things just don't go wrong, don't go well. And a lot of things could possibly go wrong. You know, say, I forgive you to the people in the past that didn't know any better and just move forward in love and light. Move forward in love and light. Create the opportunities that you don't see in front of you. If you don't see it and you can't find it, it's our job to create it and do it and do it well. Amen. So tomorrow, where can the listeners find you? Where, what are your social media platforms? Okay, you can find me on all things social media at Tamara Zantel, T-A-M-A-R-A-Z-A-N-T-E-L-L, and also at Raising a Mobile. Okay, well, tomorrow, I thank you for being here with me and taking time out of your busy schedule with all those moguls you have in your family. Um, it was a pleasure speaking with you and just learning about how to parent and raise a mogul. I mean, I've learned some things that um, that I didn't quite know, but they have been, you have been very enlightening today. Thank you. I appreciate the invitation and I, I thank you very much for the opportunity. If you're looking for a speaker for your live event or conference, go to my website and read my bio and contact me at bit.ly forward slash booktrina. 
I hope you have a great week. Until then, remember, if you change your mindset, you'll change your life. Keep striving. Success is a journey, not a destination. You can listen to Trina Talk anytime and anywhere. It's available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and all other places that you can listen to podcasts. If you like the podcast, please don't forget to go to iTunes to subscribe, rate, review, and share. If you have questions for me or need inspiration on how to go to the next level, tweet me directly at Trina L. Martin.